The cover art to Fleet Fox's eponymous debut album from 2008 features a detail from the 1559 painting Netherlandish Proverbs by Peter Bruegel the Elder. At first glance, the painting appears to depict a serene image of pastoral life, but upon closer inspection, the dark and insane imagery reveals itself. Men defecating coins into the river, people on fire, people carving a live sheep, and a man who looks like a tree root are just a few of the more absurd details one can see when they look closely. Fleet Fox's vocalist and guitarist, Robin Pecknold, had found the painting in a book his girlfriend had and enjoyed the Where's Waldo quality of the image, along with its deceptive nature. He said of the painting, I like that the first impression is that it's just pretty, but then you realize that the scene is this weird chaos. You can't really take it for what it is. Your first impression of it is wrong. On vinyl copies of the album, the outside image is juxtaposed with a paisley pattern traced from the back of a book. We wanted two very different feelings, says Pecknold. This juxtaposition is perhaps best represented by the first single to be released for this album. That's right, we're talking Fleet Fox's White Winter Hymn. Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about popular songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one keeps our little heads from falling in the snow. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my Wintress co-host. We're what? Alex Mildenberger? My what? I'm what? Wintress! Wintress. I was going to call you a silver fox, but I didn't write that down, hey. so I fucked it up. Also. Sorry, Alex. Not a silver fox yet. Not yet. Just a fox, baby. Hey. And for the first time, a special guest, longtime listener, first time caller. The, you, you may recognize them as the, I'm not sure if author is the correct term. I guess author and illustrator of the Guild Wars 2 fan comic, Taurus Steals Things. That's right. It's Griffin North in the studio. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Nice being Imagine here. Thank you. Studio. Thank you for coming on. Welcome. It's, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> So tell people about where they can find your work and what kind of work you're doing at the moment. So at the moment, I mostly run a webcomic, and you can read it off of TorahSteelsThings.com. Uh, there's also a Tumblr for it if you prefer, but um, that is just TorahSteels.tumblr.com. It's just a webcomic that's uh, part fan comic, part biography based on the times in game that I had with friends and spun into stories essentially for the the game Guild Wars 2 which is a multiplayer online experience for people who don't know what that is um <laughs> that's mostly what I do right now uh I am looking into making more comics in the future but at present this is my main work so so yeah I would say honestly if you're a fan of uh uh like strong illustrations and good writing then you'll you'll like Torah Steel things. Torah Steel's things. If you also title. like Guild Wars <laughs> Tool, you'll love Torah Steel's things. So check it out. And if you want maybe more comics from Griffin North, check out the Patreon page. Chuck them a couple bucks. <laughs> That's right. Should be directing people to my Patreon. Uh, <laughs> that's a thing I do well, you have. Got, you, you got a Patreon link on the on the actual page, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. You you can find it off of there. There are links that will lead you to it. So, 
Mm. Now, Griffin, when you're uh, when you're doing comic stuff, do you listen to music while you work, or what's your what's your process? Uh, depends. I'm either listening to music or I'm listening to podcasts. So. Okay, I would ask you what podcast you're listening to, but we can't mention them on this because they're competition. <laughs> it's this podcast, though, right? Like, only what else would it be? Then. This is the only <laughs> one. This one ever. <laughs> <laughs> just that there are no other podcasts. When I mentioned podcasts, I just meant this. Yeah, it's the, we're the only podcast on the field. It's a brave new medium. Real pioneers <laughs> out here now. I've got to ask as well a question that I had and now have forgotten. Excellent. But I will remember it in a second. Okay. Fuck me. Um, Is it about the song? Yes, but more so about the band. Ooh. Now, having been to your lovely home, Griffin, I mm -hmm. know you have a vinyl collection. I do. I think it's the first, first however many years of Fleet Foxes. Mm -hmm. So obviously you're a big fan. Tell us, tell us about your experience with the band. Oh, boy. Um... I actually discovered them sometime in my early 20s, and they're one of my favorite bands. I found them off of like a, an indie playlist a long time ago, and then I ended up buying the CDs, and uh, something about their music just really speaks to me. It gives a kind of nostalgic feeling for me, even though like mm -hmm. they're not necessarily singing about things that I've been through, but whenever I listen to it, it feels like something that you would listen to when you're going on a journey or something like that. So I just get nostalgic feels from it. So uh, it has, it's, they sing my favorite song, which is Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, mm. I have just about every one of their CDs and now I have that collection as well. I'm, I'm very big on the Flea Foxes, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, when I played this for uh, my girlfriend Greta, she mm -hmm. was like, oh, they're like an old band, though, right? I was like, old oh, as no. in, like, from the mid-2000s. <laughs> She's like, I thought they were from, like, the 60s. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Absolutely but, not. But, yeah, they, they do a really great job of sort of capturing, and it's like a folk vibe, right? It's like... It's it's, it's folksy, so... but without any sort of, like, <laughs> kind of twang to it. I, I yeah, without that country twang. Yeah. It's, uh... Because, like, I, I listen to a lot of, like, kind of folksy music, and I feel like even among that... Uh, Fleet Foxes doesn't quite sound the same as anything out there. For me, mm. I could be wrong. There might be something I haven't found yet. Yeah, I, I would I agree. They definitely have their own take. And I think that's part of what makes the cover art for this particular album work so well, is that at first glance, you're like, oh, yeah, it's folk music. There's folksy shit going on. And then you look closer and they're like, there's some man shitting coins. Okay, all right. <laughs> man, they did all that kind of weird stuff in this old artwork. Mm -hmm. I know, right? You can get away with anything. Head. Like, um, is that a pig? I don't know. It's too low res. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Now, Alex, um, this is... I might understand this is your first time listening to Fleet Foxes this week. Yeah, basically. Although, I, we're going to talk about um, Pentatonix. And I know my parents have this Christmas album this is on. The, this version mm. is on. And and this song sounded vaguely familiar, so I suspect that's where I've heard it. Right, but so you've heard it in passing. Yeah, tonics cover, or it just sounds like a Christmassy song. So I'm like, yeah, that's familiar, just because it's in that style. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason we're talking about this one today. Yeah, because it's like Christmassy, but it's not like it's not really Christmas. We're stepping into December here, so. We we always try to theme things here at Cover Me. You'll notice last month was all war anthems. Yeah. Like uh <laughs> like bad guy. 
and love, love really, really hurts, hurts without, without you. You, yeah. <laughs> and Rocking it out of the park here. Um, yeah. yeah, so this is a, a really, it was a really well-received uh, first album. It hit uh, number 11 on the UK charts, peaked at number three. Uh, what other fun facts do Getty I have Lee about this song? Getty Lee likes it. Fuck yeah, Getty Lee of so, Rush fame. Who we talked about recently. Mm-hmm. Last week, I guess. Yeah, I guess we did talk about him last week. Um, honestly, should we just, I think to really get to the heart of this song, we just got to start talking about the lyrics. Are we all comfortable to jump there? Yeah, sure. I'll jump anywhere you a, want me to. For this no, first it's one. Re- it, is it is literally very short. one chorus. <laughs> yeah, it's like a quick poem and they just do it three times. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> let me see. I actually have a, so it's a Rolling Stones article here first. Maybe I'll jump into that too. So it says... Fleet Fox's songwriter, Robin Pecknold, revealed to Rolling Stone that his songs are, quote, written from personal experience, including Hymnal, which was about a time when his friends ditched him in middle school. The lyrics might have been about childhood past, but the melody came from a familiar source, namely Walt Disney. Quote, the idea was a song like Whistle While You Work from Snow White, you know, Pecknold said. So it started with that very beginning thing, the first kind of, like, melody, and then once the verse was done, it just seemed like it lent itself to the repetition, you know? Word. So I'm listening. I don't know out. that song, so I'm listening to it real quick. Is oh, that okay, like where I the guess. melody is from exactly? Um, they're talking about I don't the mining exactly. song, like the from Snow White. Yeah, I believe that's the one. Whistle while you work. It's not like hi ho hi ho. No. It's like, I think she's they're like working and she's cleaning up or whatever. I don't know. It's a real old school voice. I could be wrong. I'm singing. not sure which one that's from. <sighs> Yeah. Hang on, I'm piping in the audio now. But hang on first, I gotta watch an ad for Squarespace. As you do. Mm, love it. Okay, it opens with whistling. And like a really high voice. So th- this is like the one where Snow White, this is when everybody thinks about Disney princesses and she like whistles and then all the animals come and fucking help her out. Yeah, and they oh, yeah, yeah. Shit too. This, is, this is exactly that. This is the animal summoning song. This is it. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, I think what he means when he says it's, uh, it pulls from that is that it's sort of this just catchy, like, the, the lyrics are f- almost inconsequential until, again, and then this is pulling back on the painting that the, on the, on the cover art until you kind of look at them a little closer and you're like, hang on a second. Yeah, and I but, mean, there's yeah. even, there's a quote about how, like, the lyrics are kind of meaningless. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just on Genius right now, apparently from yeah. Robin Pecknold. But yeah, it's that it's not like much meaning there, but uh, it sounds nice and it's simple. Yeah, he says this is my favorite song to play live, though singing it live is sometimes difficult because the lyrics are so vague. Weird how that works. <laughs> although, I mean, they do tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, although, uh, in my memory, it it was not. I was following the pack, all swallowed in their coats. Um, it was like, mm-hmm. I, I was like trying to remember what the words were. I was like, he's following a pack of swallows or something. And no. like one of their heads <laughs> fell off. Like <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the heads falling. Like the, some of the imagery. Uh, yeah. Well, let's just get into it. Yeah. So the intro is literally them just repeating. I was following the, I was following the. Many times. Mm-hmm. And this part, it really sounds like they're going to do a canon and they never do. Mm-hmm. Like. 
sing the chorus several times offset by I was felt like one line or whatever. So I I was almost surprised no one did that. Like I haven't heard anyone yeah. do that yet. It's it seems like a natural thing to do. Maybe it doesn't actually yeah, sound. Yeah, it really good. does. And you're right. And that's again pulling on this idea of the things we've talked about on Fleet Foxes so far. It's like they knew that that could have been done, and they deliberately lead us away from that. Mm, that is something that we we talk about a lot. Could yeah. It's, and so yeah. So after that, we get into. The, the chorus, the only actual thing that's sung <laughs> yeah, in this like song. Yeah, like the meat. Like, I, I hesitate to even call it a chorus. Well, I guess it is repeated, so, like, it's a chorus, yeah. but I don't know. If there's nothing else, is it a chorus? I know, but it does also, in the sense of it being choral, there are all mo- multiple people singing, right? That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. So, um, I'm, we'll take it. Uh, how many lines are there in this? I'm going to go. So, I'll just read the first, like, four lines here. I was following the pack all swallowed in their coats with scarves of red tied round their throats. Let's go with, yeah, the first three. <laughs> yeah. It's very, like, I don't know. It's just a, it's, it's a winter scene. They're, they're wearing coats. Um, mm-hmm. It's really painting a picture, uh, I think, is, is the main goal of this. Like you said, there's not, like, a ton of meaning under it. Not that yeah. I, could, I could find anyway, but there's still, like, you said he was getting ditched by his friends or whatever. So, like, he's trying to chase after them, sort of, and they're, like, running away from him. Mm-hmm. Is there that... is, like, animal imagery in here as well, with the pack being, like, yeah. wolves, right? And the swallows! Swallows. <laughs> exactly! Get out the birds! <laughs> I refuse to let go of the birds! <laughs> birds with scarves. And... Adorable. All right. <laughs> So, like, there really is this clashing of lines that creates both this savage and juvenile image at the same time. We have, I was following the pack. We got wolves all swallowed in their coats, which is more this imagery of, you know, when you're a kid and your mom's like, oh, you got to get this big ass, poofy ass winter jacket. Because everything's poofy on you because you're a little kid. You're poofy yourself because little kids are so chubby. Mm hmm. Like, you're like literally swallowed in this coat. Time of life, yeah. So more than following people, like if you picture yourself in his position, he's just looking at a bunch of coats running into the woods, right? <laughs> and then it talks about their, I mean, it also mentions the throats very specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the red, of course. And that's kind of the contrast here. Uh, he doesn't, hasn't said anything about it being white yet, but we'll get to that. Um, that's right. And then that comes into the next two lines of mm-hmm. keeping their heads from falling in the snow. Which kind of has that animal imagery you're talking about. Mm -hmm. The scarves are literally just holding their heads on. Yeah, are either of you familiar with that? It's a it's a children's story, but it's in that it's like in this book of scary kid stories. But the woman has a a scarf tied around her neck, and then her like lover or whatever keeps being like, "Oh, take off the scarf, my dear. Please take it off." She's like, "No, I'm not going to do that." And then eventually she gives up, unties the scarf, and her fucking head falls off. Oof. No, Actually, I yeah, I I think my sister had a a collection of stories or something. I remember, yeah, but I've heard that. Yeah, it, that collection is quite famous because yeah. the illustrations in it are fucking terrifying. Is that the? <laughs> yeah, no, I I remember that, and I remember the the drawings, and she just has a huge scarf on, and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> her head falls off. But yeah, it does remind me of that. Yeah, and so that's where we get, and I think this is uh, like integral maybe to 
understanding the song, but it's like that grim fairy tale aspect where it's those stories that were like for kids, but this is the time where like kids were just small adults. And like, we have to prepare kids for the world of you might die at any time, so get ready now. Exactly. But like and talked, that does come I, up, I took, but yeah, yeah. It, it's got that old school feeling on top of that, but then that yeah. Mm-hmm. Just adds to like it. Some, yeah. Sorry. Uh anything to add here, Griffin? And not really. Uh to be honest, when I heard these lyrics um I actually taught myself the song once because I don't usually learn songs, but this one was so easy. Um mm-hmm. I took it pretty literally. So Right. <laughs> so I didn't really read into it too deeply. I was just like, Oh yeah, he's following some some other kids and they're in coats. They got red scarves on. One of them falls. Yeah, and and it really is very literal, you know? Like, it's not Mm -hmm. trying to... I don't think it's trying to say anything necessarily beyond, like, creating that that feeling. I mean, like, the most I think you could maybe have two readings on of is probably that turning the white snow red as strawberries because it's like, is it just the scarf or did you, like, hit something? Right, he could, like, even just have, like, a nosebleed or something from his face. Right, because it's winter and winter's dry and stupid and awful, so... Exactly, and kids playing, like, you get hurt. Yeah. Sometimes you bleed a little. And, yeah, and obviously it did mention the scarves, like you said. Like, so that could have just fallen as well, but, like... That's it's, the, the most and, ambiguous line, I feel like, so... Yeah, and it totally mm-hmm. adds to that, like, the... Double meaning the, the, like, bit. I was gonna say bestiality. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not what I thought you were going let's, to say. <laughs> let's not say that. that. That, like, yeah, you're, like, the animalistic aspect and and i think just in a story where it is kids it would probably feel like that too like if if there's kids like if you're trying to play with kids and they're running away from you and you're a kid too i should specify um Mm -hmm. like it it feels like a huge deal and it feels like you know like there's things on the line yeah and in terms of because i think there's a layer of nostalgia to this piece Sometimes you remember the most, like, minute shit from your childhood, right? Like, it's a oh, yeah. meaningless memory. But you remember it vividly. And right. that's almost what this is. Because it's like, yeah, I was right. And then, like, Michael fell over. And Michael would be like, I don't remember falling. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Michael's like, I've never tripped a day in my life. Yeah. Well, God <laughs> damn it, they call me well-balanced Michael. <laughs> Michael's sturdy feet, that's me. <laughs> I've never been on my ass. Not once in my life. Yeah, the construction of the song is, and it's, like, in such a way that once it delivers you the chorus, which is sort of this just, you know, like, not a lot there, but I think everybody can kind of pull their own meaning from it right. because mm-hmm. it dives so much into childhood nostalgia. Yeah, and just they... make you feel in a particular way, bring you into that headspace, and then be like, mm-hmm. remember when you were kind of like that? And be like, I, I, I can relate to that. And then it delivers <clears throat> you the guitar and the ooh section, which is, is kind of like to let your imagination run wild. Like they've given you a set of things so you can to like, think about. And then yeah. you get this time driven by the music, which I think kind of like lifts up to be like, remember your fucking childhood. And you're like, oh, yeah. shit. So it sort of keeps the tone going because that's mm-hmm. been kind of playing throughout the chorus. And then and then like gives you that space to just like sit in that kind of nostalgic feeling. Yeah. <clears throat> There's also, um, it, it repeats mm-hmm. three times. Um, 
and and there's kind of space in between the choruses. Now, I was looking up. I didn't do a ton of research, but like what okay. makes songs sound Christmassy? And mm. and there's a video that that Adam Neely did a couple years ago or a year ago or whatever. And what he re- suggested that one of the things that make things feel like Christmas is is having a, this timeless na- feeling to it. Um, mm. So uh, some of this, like he was talking about all I want for Christmas is you and how like it uses kind of, some kind of like old school, like 1930s or 40s, like chord progressions. And like that would be present in, in old school Christmas carols. So like it kind right. of has this feeling of, of different um, elements that are from throughout time throughout the over the years that make it feel like it's part of a lot of different things which which makes it gives it that timeless feeling um that was his um sort of thesis there but i also think that this repetition kind of had uh gives it that sort of detached from time feeling because it's just the same thing happening over and over again you're just hearing it you hear it just three times and you can tune in kind of any part of the song and get the same thing so it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter Okay, but also he's wrong. I'm sorry. If you want something to sound like a Christmas song, throw in some bells. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he talks about Jingle Bells. That's literally <laughs> he talks it. About jingle bells. That's, you don't need anything else. Just throw in those bells. It doesn't even matter what the subject matter is. People will be like, oh, yeah, that's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Christmas. yeah. Jingle Bells. Can, jingle Bells, all right. Talk I, about red I don't noses. Know, I don't know about the rest of that beautiful, timeless nonsense you were talking about. No. There was also... There was also another video that he brought up and that I watched that suggested it was a D minor seven flat five chord. All right, mm. I could maybe yeah. buy that. <laughs> D minor is the saddest of chords. D minor is, is the, right? well, it's the saddest of keys. I'll tell you that. Keys, yes. Uh, Sometimes Christmas it, music can be very sad. It can so, be, mm-hmm. and, I think and that's I could part buy of that. That was actually one of the reasons they were talking about this chord progression. Well, it was more like an F to a D minor seven flat five or something that okay. created like this melancholy feeling. Um, that would um kind of tie in with Christmas because it can be very melancholy because it's supposed to be this wonderful time, but also you're heading into this dark season and stuff like that. So Christmas, yeah. yeah. So to sort of conclude our lyric segment, this song is like a it's like a a universal nostalgia. It's also <laughs> like a hive mind nostalgia is what it presents. <laughs> And then I feel like you're sort of the same way you're supposed to watch art house films or it's just like just a bunch of imagery. You're supposed to just sort of pull your own conclusions from it. It for sure has that feeling. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Anything else to say on the lyrics before we move into uh, instrumentation? No, I think we can move on. All right. Yeah. So this opens with vocals, right? Yeah. Yes. Acapella vocals. Acapella briefly, vocals. which I think it's surely just one... no band is going to capitalize on that factor in these. Not characters. a single one, impressively, somehow. Yeah, somehow all the acapella groups managed to restrain themselves from doing. They're a cover like, no, nah, it's way too obvious. <laughs> Even though we've already said that Pentatonix does a cover of this, <laughs> this bit's already flawed. <laughs> um, so then we get like the harmonies, and I think it's a tambourine. There is a tambourine in there. Yeah. Hmm. And again, very folksy. Tambourines very, like, about as close to a jingle bell as you can get without actually using jingle bells. So that's true. We, so that's that Christmas vibe. Are we arguing a Christmas vibe? I've never thought of this song as a Christmas song. 
No, but it, like neither. But it does have the word winter. It in feels. It. it does feel yeah, wintry, and like like three of the three or f- several of the versions we're going to talk about are on like Christmas albums that's, that people have done. That's so, weird to me. I feel like that's a stretch, but I guess we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, it's not exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Baby, it's cold outside, but like <laughs> it has winter, but like it's. I've never thought of it as, I mean, especially with the rest of the album as context, like, it doesn't... Yeah, I guess when you're on your, like, third Christmas album in a in a row, like, yearly annual releases, you gotta just pick any song that's vaguely winter-related. <laughs> you gotta take exactly. what you can Everything get. Exactly, that's got winter in the title. And then eventually yeah. you got Hazy Shade of Winter on your Christmas album, and you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's basically, it starts with that, we get harmonies, tambourine, then we get the rhythm, guitar, and the chorus starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the strumming's uh, really drums. straight. I'm sure there's drums in there. Those, that's... <clears throat> um, oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I think the mostly tambourine at the start. hypnotic beat that... Yeah, dum- it's it's very... Yes. Sorry. Deep. Very bassy, almost. Yeah, so it's like a kick drum and maybe some toms on there. Yeah, I, I'd say, I agree. It's got that, like, really deep... <clears throat> excuse me bassy kick that it like that's really the focus i would say but um i think yeah. does the guitar come in first listen man i think it, it might be the anyway version, anyway but, it's not uh, super important but know. like sorry sorry i said like i think it might be the tambourine but i, I don't know i'd have to double check right that is that I don't remember either. Well, yeah, the tambourine comes in on um, the intro, and when the chorus kicks in, that's when you get the actual instruments coming mm-hmm. in. Right. Um, so the the way the guitar strums, I thought, was kind of interesting and maybe noteworthy. I don't know. Like, it, it's strumming is very, like, regular and straight, and, and there's not, like, much difference between the, like, up and down strumming. Mm. Like it just da na 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 like not. It's, I would yeah I would say the rhythm guitar is almost seamless with the tambourine. They almost become one instrument. Yeah, it's you know? very it's very like even, which is mm-hmm. an interesting feeling as well. Which maybe even uh supports the like the time, the weird like time loop, feeling mm-hmm. of the song where it's like everything is just like even, even though the rest of the song builds throughout. Yeah, it, like it expands, but it never necessarily gets loud, you know. True, that is true. There's more stuff going on. Cause I think when so I'm listening to it again here, and it's okay. Yeah, the drums are in once we get to the instrumental break. That's in fact where they come in. Mm-hmm. So your first forty seconds, roughly, are just the rhythm guitar, the tambourine, vocals. And then once we get to that first instrumental break, that's where things sort of flesh out. We get these hypnotic drums coming in the boom, da doom, da da boom, da doom. Right. And then that almost sixties, seventies like Beatles sounding guitar that that comes in. That like follows the ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That like very like clean electric guitar. Mm-hmm. And then then there's like bit parts where that actually there are parts where that um acoustic guitar strumming like speeds up like double time um mm-hmm. but it doesn't it like goes back yeah and then uh around the two minute mark we go back to acapella yeah there's Except, like a break of instruments and it's just the voices and yeah and that's what closes the song yeah it's like pretty quick um mm-hmm. 227 it's almost a punk rock jam <laughs> almost 
If it was 226, maybe. <laughs> it's too long. Too long. Too goddamn long. Um, the other thing... Okay, I have a note here as well. Um, mm-hmm. My other connection to Christmas carols. Uh, a lot of Christmas carols are either not very long or are not really known past, like, verse 1. So this almost makes me think of that because there's only one. Well, it's not like we call it a chorus, but like they just just sing the same thing over and over again. So gets to the meat of it right away. It's yeah. Here's what you need to know. Sing it at Christmas. It's like if you ever like look up sheet music for like some old carol, and you're like, shit, there are nine verses. What the fuck? Like I know one. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Uh, This one just cut out the middle, man. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, listen, no idiots. We know we're not going to remember anyway. any of this. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, should we talk about the music video? Um. Well, I can tell yes. you, it's animated by the lead singer's brother. Really? Yeah. Sean cool. Pecknell does most of. I think he does all of the animations for every one of their videos. Wow. Yeah. Are they all Are like all claymation? their videos claymation? Uh no, I think like um some of them were paper cutouts like Mykonos. Uh, but like they are stop so, motion. So he does right, so he does a lot of stop motion. Yeah, a lot of stop motion animation in general, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he does all of their videos. Mm. That is something I so learned this... from my collection. That I bought wow. on Vinyl. Yeah. Okay, so I I really do like the music video for this. It's so it's claymation and it starts out with all of the depictions of the band members as old men out like in the woods. I didn't realize it was supposed to be the band members, but I can believe that. Uh, I, also, I'm pretty sure it is. Claymation is often associated with Christmas movies. Oh yeah, um, Rudolph the Red Nosed like, Reindeer. Yeah, that You're like really Rudolph push one. This, and, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm really pushing the Christmas thing. I, I mean, they did it on Community. They do have that claymation oh, yeah. episode. That's a Christmas episode. That's right. Um, and so we get this. It's this one. One of the band members is standing by like a hand crank, and that hand crank is just fucking whipping, and like going in one direction, and time is turning at a regular pace. We see everybody's fucking old. You may note it's turning clockwise at the start. Mm, that makes sense. Mm. Good call. Good, good, good note, Alex. <laughs> so then, eventually, he grabs it and starts turning it the other direction, and uh, the days start to go back. We get pictures of the river going upstream, these wilted mushrooms growing and then ungrowing as they they come back to being like seedlings, or I guess spores since they're mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one point, uh, like hawk deposits a squirrel on a tree. <laughs> Just banking that for later. <laughs> and we see like Backwards. snow melt, and then uh, like we see all of these images, and essentially, that's like the that's like the big draw of this. And there's I think the the one like real key thing to look at is the dude with the rabbit. Okay. Cause cause he meets that rabbit back in time, and then he befriends it. And then what happens near the end of the video is the guy lets go of the crank. And all that hard cranking he did to turn back time is undone in, like, a second. Yeah. And so so the one dude who was holding the rabbit is then old, but the rabbit is gone. Because it's dead. Aww. Yeah. I We didn't talk about red and white in terms of, like, color symbolism, but, like, red on white is, like, a loss of innocence a lot of times. 
Like in yeah, Roses on White Lace by Alice yeah. Cooper. Kind of, but not really. And also in Bad Guy with red blood on white shirt or whatever the fuck she says in that one. That's a much better example. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and so this this video in at its at its heart, I think, speaks to sort of the nostalgia present in the song. Because they're literally revisiting a childhood moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the intense amount of effort that old man has to exert to to bring that hit that crank and bring them back in time, but the the second he lets go, it just fucking goes. It's they're right back in the present. Like they they lose it instantly. Yeah. And I like the I like the handmade elements of it, like the the spinning sky. It's very uh, <laughs> it's very little big planet, I guess, where you got this like handmade world. I feel like it very much suits their music because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, it's got that like claymation tactile feel too. I know a lot of people are like freaked out by claymation. Maybe not a lot of people. Maybe it's just my mom. Um, That's a Will. lot of people. Will as well. <laughs> um, so that's two people. Will just raised his hand. He's freaked out by claymation. Yeah. So I I I don't have that same thing, but um, I don't know. I guess it's maybe just a little bit uh, uncanny to some people. Mm. But that's where the uncanny valley is for them. They're like, nope, that's it. Mm. It's like nah, too not deep, human enough. Yep. but too human to be lovable. <laughs> So yeah, I thought it was a really I thought the music video was really good on taking just sort of one of the latent ideas present in the song and presenting it in yeah. a way that rolling with like, it. Yeah, then like because you could you could have done this <laughs> so concept nice. in any manner of settings, right? You could have done this mm-hmm. in a fucking industrial setting, but they he chose nature and I think that also reflects the stylings of Fleet Foxes. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Any other remarks on this before we move on? Uh, no, not really. Not on my end, anyway. No? Alex, anything from you? I'm just trying to figure out if the gear attached to the crank is also attached to another gear. I don't think this that is gear is actually important. doing it. No, no, I see it. <laughs> there it is. Never mind. He's got it. It was out of frame. There's another gear. All right. It's all good. All right. <laughs> it, it, feel, it feels like we're moving at bullet train pace, but also, like, the song's pretty small and tight, so there's not a lot to bullshit about yeah <laughs> but with that we're uh we're gonna move into the covers if anybody unless anybody has any objections i object to did you find another gear the lack of bullshit all right let's <laughs> yeah go. hang on what's the other gear connected to uh a, a shaft i'm giving you a time sorry shaft <laughs> all right savior of the universe that's the shaft theme song right yeah yeah that's from that's 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 the um you know I always lose. I have the Shaft soundtrack. I have the record, mm-hmm. the LP, but I always lose it. I can never find it when I want to listen to it. All right. We're going to talk about Birdie in 2011. Yeah. Wait. Was Kina Granis first? Um, no. According to Secondhand Songs, Kina Granis comes afterwards. Okay. Never mind then. The video, the, same po- year. the video was posted to YouTube in 2009. I'll tell you that. Really? According to the video itself, unless I read it wrong. I've lost the page where I had those. Here it is. Should we do Keena Grannis first? Is that one 2000 and... Was it really? 
According to the, to the it doesn't YouTube. seem to have a date. It's just right. No, second of July, right 2009. Oh, weird. Time's a strange thing. Okay, I guess we'll flip and talk about Keena Granis first because Secondhand Songs was wrong. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter that much. Maybe she did another one because she's still Alex, around. The, the process matters, but we're, we all listen to the 2009 one anyway. Yeah, so, uh, so we'll talk about that one. All right, if we're all comfortable, we're going to talk about Keena Granis in 2011. Okay. I'm I mean, ready. Just kidding, 2009. Keena Granis is an American singer-songwriter, guitarist, and YouTuber. Granis was the winner of the 2008 Doritos Crash the Super Bowl contest, earning a recording contract with Interscope Records and having her music video played during the commercials of Super Bowl XLII on February 3rd, 2008. Alex, quick, what are the Roman numerals on that? 42. Nice. So that was, yeah, a number of years ago. Uh, this was also a number of years ago. She has some stuff on Spotify, but, like, mm-hmm. this is before that. This is yes. just her, like, fucking around with her friends or something. I don't know. Her sisters. Yeah, like, oh, which, that's, one, uh, which one is she? Because they're I all singing. The I assume one, she has is, the guitar. Isn't one of them curly-haired with a guitar? I assume that's her. That's her, okay. yeah. From her Spotify profile, I can tell you that, that the, the one on the right is Keena Grant. And like so this is yeah go ahead yeah so it's just it's just like her playing the guitar and then they're they're playing like improvised percussion instruments there's a and they're book just standing being in the used woods as a drum yeah yeah and also a steamer with a a, a brush oh I did not yeah see with the a steamer. brush yeah that's the the middle person oh, yeah. is used oh, yeah. to that person using that as percussion there yeah I thought that was charming yeah it's very like. Like this is the kind of stuff you do when you're like in junior high and high school, and you're like, yeah, let's let's try do a thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever did something like this, but like, I feel like I I could imagine my sister filming herself and her friends and them doing this or whatever. She would probably more likely to do like a dance video. But anyway, mm-hmm. this kind of thing, you know. And then like, mm-hmm. it's like saved to the old like mid two thousands digital camera. Yeah, that has proprietary memory. It very much reminds me of uh, Daniel Johnston. Because of the low-quality recording. Yeah, low-quality recording, and I, don't, I think it was a similar recording style because I don't think they balanced any of the audio on this. They didn't. I mean, it's very clearly not professionally done, which, mm-hmm. but, yeah. I'll be honest, I kind of like that aspect of it. Yeah, me too. I think that plays to their strength in this. I feel like for this song in particular, going for more rough edges in any way possible is a lot more suitable to the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Alex and I talked a few episodes back about autumn music, and, like, Jethro Tull came up, and we talked about how is this sort of, like, not quite Ren Fair, but, like, if you met a bunch of folksy people out in the woods having a party, like, this is how they would play music, and that that's this. This is, like, if I went out <laughs> to some small village... And they were like, oh, we're having a celebration. They were like, so one of us has the steamer we hit, and here's the Bible we're going to slap as the other person plays the guitar and sings. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All we have are steamers and Bibles. <laughs> oh, that person has a guitar. We don't know where they got that. <laughs> a strange traveler has brought the stringed instrument. You're like, this is great. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it definitely it's authentic feeling. Mm, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, and this sort of false nostalgia we're sharing with this song. Sure, but like, and then at the same time, um, it's almost like real nostalgia. Well, just because like you're thinking about thinking back to being younger and like messing around with your friends, which is what the song is about. Like mm-hmm. that's literally what they're doing in this video. Yeah, that's how they're playing and the like, song about doing yeah, that. How this <laughs> song came about, like why it exists. So. That's cool. Yeah, so it is very it's like very on point. <laughs> yeah, and I I'm I wonder if they did like like I said, this is just the kind of thing you might do at that age. Like, did they do that on purpose? Like are they were they trying to be that like like prescient i don't know because it's it's post her victory on uh the the crash the super bowl contest so and it's only by a year because it was 2009 so i don't know what her i don't know how fucking old she is because if she's young like i don't expect young people to have that sort of vision yeah yeah so she's 34 right now. She's born 1985. So in uh, 2008, which was 11 years ago, she would have been 23. Huh. So she would have been 24 when she did this. How about that? Okay. I, wonder if it's How? An, I wonder if it's an older video. She They look Could younger to well. me. I they don't do know. look very young, but... I, it couldn't be older than 2008, Alex, because that's when the song came out. Some people that's just true. have baby face. I can attest to that. That's, also that's true. true. Yeah, Griffin is a known baby face. It's, it's true. When I was 24, people thought I was 16, so... And, and life is sweet when you're growing up so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's make the good times last and uh, move on to Birdie. We're swallowing the pack or swallowing their coats With scarves and reds around their throats To keep their little heads from falling in the snow And I'll turn around and there you go Let's do that. Birdie in 2011. Her full name is Jasmine Lucia Elizabeth Jennifer Van de Bougaird. That's way too long. Too fucking long. So she also uh, rose to fame in 2008 when she won Open Mic UK. Yeah, she's like an indie folk type. She's been winning like awards since at least age 12. Mm -hmm. According to this article um, that I'm reading on the bbc.co.uk. From that.co.uk. I don't know. There's probably a date on here somewhere. I don't see one. 2008. I can't be right. So yeah, she's like she's been winning awards and like performing forever. Um yeah, so she was 15 when this was released. She won the uh, 2008 open mic in when she was 12. Mhm. Um this is uh, primarily piano on this version for instrumentation. Yeah, which seems to be her instrument of choice. Mhm. Mm-hmm. As we often get with these indie darlings. Okay. Piano. Overrated. Now, this version is perhaps a standout for not really having much vocal harmony. Because it's mostly just, just her, mostly. Her. Yeah, yeah, she double tracks the, the, it later on, but it's very, it's very singular. Mm-hmm. Right, and they really go hard on that, like, bassiness 
of the percussion. Yeah, it's like, really like even the two heavy yeah. notes with a, a note between. It's doom, 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 boom, boom, bam. Yeah, it's got that symbol in there too, which mm-hmm. kind of has a ringing, but it's all very like low, low frequency. Yeah. Um, when she gets to the section where it's uh like the the instrumental section with the ooze, mm-hmm. did anybody else kind of think of "Don't worry, be happy"? She does kind of make it, yeah. <laughs> She she kind of freestyles that a bit and makes it a little more. Yeah. Yeah, she hits like a little higher note. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, be happy now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a very it's like very straightforward. There's not a lot of nuance to it, like in the original. The the instrumental section with the ooze is so like such like a expansion from the the chorus. It feels like like going stepping out from the woods into an open field, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas this just kind of feels like walking down a straight road. Yeah, I uh, I just honestly I kind of found this one a little boring. Yes, it was it's... just. A little too polished, a little too indie, darling. Like I've heard this a million times. Mm-hmm. And she she's, has a well, beautiful she's... voice. Sorry, she mm-hmm. she has a beautiful voice, but like the everything else to do with it was almost a little poppy. I just, uh, I didn't really like it. Yeah, I mean, she's fucking fifteen. So like some of the like you can't be that nostalgic when you're fifteen, you know. <laughs> you certainly <laughs> think you are when you're fifteen. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turns like, out nostalgia and depression are very similar. <laughs> Oof. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's so that it lacks that sort of weight that comes behind it when the singer who really understands the song comes at it. So she has these this technical prowess, mm-hmm. but in terms of like emotional prowess, if you can call it that, it's empty. Yeah. Which is a bit of a shame. It's, again, beautiful vocals. Nothing wrong with the piano in particular. I do feel like uh, there is not as much of the drums in this. I didn't really hear it. The, the yeah, they get swallowed up by everything else. Which is a shame because I feel like that's such a standout part of the song. But mm-hmm. uh, that's my feels on it. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, it's uh honestly we we talk about a few young performers on uh, Cover Me from time to time, and I think this one was one of the better ones from a technical aspect. But yeah, it's definitely suffering from young person syndrome, which is just <laughs> not, a, not having experienced enough. Yeah, and that's that's not really her fault. She's no, certainly she's not. Young. Not, <laughs> she's young. Yeah. Alex, any thoughts on this one before we move on? I didn't have too many thoughts on this one overall. Um, mm. I don't know. They, it was very straightforward and uh, just a lot of piano instead of guitar. Yeah. Although, I mean, they so tried to, to add a little bit later. more. <laughs> <laughs> tried to add a little bit more, like, I mean, it's the same idea of, like, it's like the piano version of strumming. You know, they just take it, but then add, like, some little flourishes in between. Um, but that was pretty much, yeah, I don't know. It didn't, mm-hmm. didn't have much to say about it other than that. No. With that, we'll move into Bell Jewel in 2013. Bell Jewel. I was 
So this is a singer who was on season 11 of The Voice. Yep, she's from Utah. Um, mm, Salt Lake City, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she has different bangs now compared to <laughs> when she filmed th- this, this video. This is the biggest change you can go through as an artist <laughs> yeah. is the length of your bangs. So, she is, so that's, a, that's a change. Um, so I just want to point out first a, uh, <laughs> a, an article I, I found when Googling her that one, I think, is a terrible descriptor of her as an artist. And two is, I think, just a bad way that a lot of musical journalists go to define, like, unheard of artists. So I'll just read the, the opening excerpt her here. Her. It says, though her music is often classified as alternative or indie pop, Belle Jewel isn't content to stay solidly within one genre <laughs> or within one era, for that matter. <laughs> Spanning a wide range of styles, Belle's sound is nearly impossible to categorize. How... How many uh, like different versions of that do you think have just like been written ever? Like I know it's just like it like is the they don't want to be held uh, down by a single genre. It's like yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. like great. Well, that's not a very good description. That's incredibly vague. It's yeah. It's like we don't want to say that this person is this thing, though they are that thing. They also know music from the fifties. Great. What? <laughs> I don't give a shit. They do indie pop. This is indie. Pop. She looks like goddamn Evanescence. Yeah, they like not just a result of her appearance, but also the way the music video looks. Yeah, the video like they've just like drained all the color. That's the filter. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they do. Also, uh, one thing of note in this song is there's a dog in the background sometimes. There is a dog. Pops up in the corner. This is dope. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that dog. You see that, Will? Look at that dog. What's Will think of that dog? He's laughing. Are I don't know. It, are you certain it's a dog? Uh, wh- well, what oh, do you shit, think it is? Race is a good question. <laughs> it's a it man like in a, a dog costume. I think it's a poodle. Oh my god! Let's watch it in in motion. Would a goat walk like that? <laughs> I honestly don't know. Would a goat walk like that? No. <laughs> it's wagging its tail. <laughs> Well, uh, we my vote's for dog. Song, or we could talk forever about this dog. Yeah, the dog, the more important part. So you the mean biggest, the goat? The biggest change oh, in this version <laughs> is that she's, instead of saying Michael, you would fall, she says backwards, you would fall. She did oh, I didn't say that. I caught that. that too, and I was like, wait a minute, that's not the lyrics, is it? Have I been singing yeah, it wrong this Well, whole time? I mean, if she doesn't <laughs> know anyone named Michael. It's yeah, it's one of those innocuous lyric changes in all fairness. Like it still works. Yeah. Oh, she's from Utah though. So she's probably yeah. Mormon, so she can't spend time with boys. Right. I have no idea if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you can make up almost any like fact yeah, about Mormons if it, it sounds repressive enough. You're like, "No, that makes sense." <laughs> yeah, that's true Mormons, oh, right? I don't know. Mormons aren't allowed to stay up past 8 p.m. on any night. It's in the, um, it's in the book. Yeah. Um, so it opens with the percussion on this. It does. <laughs> yeah. It kept the drums, which made me happy. So. Yeah. And it adds like a like a like some kind of wood block, I think. Because it goes... Dun, dun, and that... Some kind of... 
I want to yeah. say it's a wood block. No, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it could, could, it be, adds, could like, be just like something that a, sounds like a snap the edge or something. Of a drum. Oh yeah, like the side of a snare. But it does sound like they've they've really extended like the the they've like sustained it somehow, like it's processed. Mm-hmm. No, I hear the wood block now. That's very wood blocky. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I didn't go far enough in. And then we get a sort of a string synth on this, I think, like a guitar synth. Yes. Doing some... the ding, 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 ding. Yeah, there's like a yeah, that synthesizer, it just like between the repetitions and then joins. Between the first two and then it joins in. Yeah. And sort of yeah, like you said, the drums are getting more complex throughout and all that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no ooze in the uh in the break in this one. No, they, no she... because they're played on that synthesizer. Yeah, she even kind of does the reverse of what happens in the first song where it's the instruments drop out and it's all the voice near the end and instead it's the opposite where she drops out the voice and you just hear the instruments playing for a bit. Right. So that was probably the most notable difference that I noticed listening to it. Aside from that, otherwise it was just kind of, um, it's kind of an, it's an okay cover. Yeah, it's it's always wild to go through the YouTube comments because people fucking lose their shit. <laughs> but this is the best version of anything on the planet! Oh, I did not oh, do that. Oh my god, Bell <laughs> Jewel, please respond to this comment. I love you forever. And you're like, what the fuck is going on here? And they're like, and then there's always somebody who has to make it a competition, and they're like, wow, this this version fucks Fleet Foxes in the ass. Oof. And you're like, okay. Uh, you're like, okay. Settle down. <laughs> Jeez it's a it's okay i don't well again this one has a dog voice. in it though it has so a dog factor in it. that in so i mean yeah <laughs> it's probably uh from the ones in that we have on this list here uh not my favorite but it's not my least i guess yeah yeah i just it, like it just suffers from the same thing as birdie where it's kind of flat yeah it's a very similar effect I, mm-hmm. I mean, she brought back the drums, and that made me happy, at least. But otherwise, it is kind of. Eh. I just really like watching like these these YouTube videos of someone like sitting in front of a mic recording themselves. Oh, that's a whole video during during the like instrumental sections when they're trying to look like not bored, they're <laughs> <laughs> like swaying around and stuff yeah they're like i am feeling the music <laughs> just yes, want them to bring music. out their phone and start playing on yeah. it during those God, parts. This, is, yeah. this is music i love music yeah also worth noting she smiles at the end and stares directly at the camera yeah she does do that i hope you like my song i'm surprised it's not like cut by her going out and be like hey guys like and subscribe <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's 2013, uh, so I feel like it's too a little bit early for that. Right, just before that culture. Yeah. Um. Speaking of culture, we're gonna talk about the Hangovers in 2013. Here's the question. Who are the hangovers? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Now, I can tell you who the hangovers are, but I can also tell you that I'm pretty sure 
Spotify fucked up. Because if you go to the hangovers, like if you go to this version of the song and you click on the hangovers, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. will take you to a page for a European alt-rock band. Oh, yeah. There are four albums, but three of them seem to be a men's collegiate a cappella group from Cornell University, and one of them is a European alt-rock band. So I was going to email support, but I didn't do it yet. Be like, hey, oh, there's boy. two bands called The Hangovers. Or there's there's more, even. There's also an Italian pop group called The Hangovers. But this this is the, the men's collegiate a cappella group from Cornell University. That's correct. Because this is um, definitely an a cappella version. Yes, yeah. so they say since 1968, we've been the official a cappella subset of the Cornell University Glee Club. And if you go to their webpage and look at their About Us section, there's this picture of them doing like a concert in like a hall at the university campus. And I've never seen an audience look so like obligated to be there. They all look <laughs> disinterested and like they're a significant other of one of the people in the acapella group. Aww. That's sad. <laughs> That's so me. That's mm. acapella, so this is where I get my mean streak going. I, yeah. I, I'm okay with acapella. I don't generally go out of my way to listen to it. But, um, Nobody does. <laughs> Name me one person who does. They're a fucking serial killer. Uh, I couldn't. As soon as this one started playing, it's like, I like the layering of the, the vocals. That's great. But, I mean, that's acapella. That's what they do. Yeah. And beyond that, I was like, I don't. I can't. They made it sound way cheerier than it is. There's, there's, too, I, yeah. there's too much zest in this. I can't handle it. What? Ugh. And part of that is that like sharp ending of lines where they, they, they cut it instead of letting it ring. But the, the little heads from Tom and the Yeah, they got that. It's too much. It's too much. And like they do do some interesting like things vocally with the lyrics. But it's just. It's as soon as you get those high voices doing the singing, that you're like, this is too fun. No, you killed it. Get rid of the vocal approximations of, of instruments. Just murder it. Damn. I can't. I cannot handle. It. Please, please no. So it's it. Yeah, Alex. I um, def- I would say this song, like compared to a lot of the other ones, is is less of a. There's less to like convert to get to the vocal like vocals mm-hmm. only because it's already fairly vocal and there's harmonies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's less of a jump, but I will say probably the thing I disliked the most about this was they added like a baseline that is not in the original. I do not believe. Right. Um, and it, it, I don't really think it was necessary other than probably to keep them in time. So like, right. I, and I don't think it sounds very good with that baseline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, almost a mark. It'd be like listening to a band play with the metronome going. Yeah, well, I mean, it's any rhythm section, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it fits very well. Um, also, no, there's I, something that sounds like very auto-tuned about the bass as well. They do that too, else. I think, sometimes, just to make it sound a little bit more instrumenty. So like, that's probably the biggest problem i have I, I didn't have a huge issue with the rest of it like they do a decent job of the singing obviously they're like mm-hmm. <laughs> practiced vocalists they do some like good like crescendo effects uh going sort of like loud and then soft over the course of lines that i thought they did pretty pretty well on and uh 
there's also like another section they add in the instrument or originally what was the instrumental parts because there's the like ooh, 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 they add their like oh no 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 like thing yeah which, they they go they <laughs> add in a section where one guy goes oh i was oh, following no. the eye I'm like that's kind of good so like it, it definitely has that feeling of like collegiate acapella like this is this is that um mm-hmm. and uh in that context, I think they did a pretty decent job. Yeah, if you're looking for this song, but acapella, well, there you go. Yeah, if you thought thought the original version had too many instruments and not enough college dudes singing it, boy, have we got a version for you. <laughs> yeah, more college dudes, that's what we need. All right, now we're going to move into Kim Wilde featuring Marty Wilde in 2013, but first, I'm going to take a pee. Cool. Noted. Let's talk about Kim Wilde featuring Marty Wilde in the year 2013. According to Wikipedia, Ricky Wilde, her brother, is also present in this recording. But he That makes sense because there are two different dudes on this. Didn't get billing. But there's a video, so we can see that there's four people singing. I don't know who the other woman is. Sweet Jesus. Is there oh. another wild child? Could be. I thought it was the family singing yeah, this. It could be so a whole family thing. I, so it's I don't know. Kim Wilde, and then like her father's there. And then mm-hmm. I think her, her siblings. So. Yeah, it must be. It's gotta be. Because who else do you get for a Christmas album but your family? Um, Marty Wilde is also uh, somewhat famous. He's a British pop singer from, like, way back. Yeah, he's been going for, like, decades. I don't know any of his music, I don't think. Uh, No, me neither. It says, yeah, her father, Marty Wilde, and then her brother is there. I don't know who the other female is. Her mom, maybe? Kim Wilde again. Oh, that makes sense. She looks very young to me, but anyway. Sister? Uh, I really don't know. Stepmother. Oh, that's gotta be awkward. That uh, oh man, that'd be maybe so it was weird. a bonding experience. <laughs> maybe there you go. Yeah, so we've talked about Kim Wilde before. She's a also a British pop artist. Apparently, yeah. she comes from like British pop artists, like a lineage. Uh, she did yeah. Kids in America. That's how they do everything in Britain, man. Once once one person does it, everybody in the family <laughs> has to do it. The problem is changing. How, like I don't know how that happens, but. Mm-hmm. Um. So we talked about Kim Wilde on our Just What I Needed episode few weeks ago a few months ago maybe that was what yeah, it was in, right yeah 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 it was uh yeah because it was in october so yeah. i guess a couple months ago but yeah she is she's most well known for her song kids in america whoa the kids in america whoa. Whoa. oh okay <laughs> yeah right this yeah. is a, a departure from that <laughs> big departure yes this is for her christmas album mm-hmm. wild winter songbook well, winter album anyway, but you know what that means. And she's like, yeah. this is Christmassy enough. Exactly. Uh, she does a w- version of Winter Wonderland featuring Rick Astley. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Oh my god. <laughs> kind of want to hear this, actually, but different time. <laughs> Not the time for it. No. So this version is a Christmas version. Yep. It's, um, if it you starts with her hadn't dad, told me that, right? I wouldn't have known. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wouldn't have known. 
Is there not sleigh bells on this one? There's like a film roll sound in it, but there's like, like some kind of bell or chime or something. I heard like, like a, a I thought it was a tambourine scene. again, to be honest. It could be a tambourine. But it's it's like mostly based around this acoustic guitar again. Yeah. That seems to be played by her brother or something. Um so if you ever wanted to hear this song uh with a lot of voices and one of the voices is Kim Wilde, that's this. For sure. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of it, because it doesn't, at least to me, I don't feel like it really varies much from the original beyond the vocals. No, I think there's like a glockenspiel in the background. Yeah, I think so too. There's a few like something plinky, definitely. Yeah, like honestly, even the, the instrumental section with the ooze sounds... Just like a President's Choice version of the original. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that same version, but cheaper. Like, they they really didn't vary at all with it. Mm-hmm. No, although they I guess this is the kind of shit you do for a Christmas album, right? You kind of phone it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to buy it anyway. And, I mean, it's another uh, video, like, because the video is just them all sitting around singing. But yeah. the one guy's playing the acoustic mm-hmm. guitar, and, like, there's clearly more instruments than that. Yeah. I can hear them. There's He's playing them with his feet. Drums. The red-headed lady is slapping her leg, and that's making the tambourine noise. Oh, right. Oh, shit. So she's full of change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But, yes, there is a tambourine, and then they do, like, the ooh part with the electric guitar joining in later on mm-hmm. um and oh they do do one thing where in their third repetition now in the original that was where they totally cut out but in this version it like d- it gets delayed by like a line mm. like like it still cuts out but like it's it's with them for the first line, which I don't know. I thought that was kind of neat. It's kind of sluggish. I don't know if it means anything. Yeah. But where, like, it, it doesn't cut out right at the start. It, like, takes a second. Right. Now, the old man, Marty Wilde, sounds excessively auto-tuned, right? Oh, yeah. He looks like Neil Young, and he sounds like a 20-year-old man on yeah, this. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been singing since, like, the late 50s. Clearly, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of work going on, which is unfortunate because I'm sure he sounds mm-hmm. fine, just old. Right? I yeah, feel honestly, like his, his should have left it if that's what they did. Yeah, his old man ass sounded voice would bring some of that rustic quality to it, you know. Which is exactly what this song <laughs> needs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I do appreciate, I think it's nice having the mix of male and female vocals, but I feel like that's really the only thing they brought to this. Yeah. that's Yeah, that's like the one feature that distinguishes it from, say, the Birdie cover, is yeah. that there's a variety of vocals. Like, And they're, they're not the only one on this list that does that, um, mm-hmm. but they, they're one of the few that do. Most of them either, like have all male or all female or just like literally one female for some reason yeah you, you never seem to see one where it's just one dude yeah it's quite odd i think i don't know but uh 
that's really it for this song. I feel like it really. Yeah, is. I mean, they're they're really going for the like nostalgia thing. I think if you look at the video, if you watch the video, it's very like oh, Polaroid filters and. I felt like the the film thing was like they added yeah. that film roll bit, and it just wasn't really fully utilized as much as it could be. I, I don't know this. It, I think Jake hit it on the head saying it was phoned in, and that's kind of what it feels like, even watching it. Yeah, there's not much that is added or anything. They just it's just like throw a filter on top of us singing in a room. Hey, a train. Hey, choo choo! It's taking us to the next station, Pentatonics in 2014. All aboard! All aboard for Pentatonic Station! They call themselves. I fucking hate this version. Can I start out with that? Yeah, please, please do. You hated it. Uh, Please do. I mean, Um, this version is more popular on YouTube than the original. That's because the the Pentatonics, as we have discussed in the past, are a very successful acapella group. Yes. Like they, like we talked about them. I think we talked about them for Little Drummer Boy last year, right? Okay. Yes. And they've come up a few times since then. Um, yes. I believe, and yes. and like I said, my parents, I'm pretty sure have this album. So like, this has got to be the reason I know this song, even though I don't have any concrete uh, memories of that. Oh, that makes true. me so sad. It's gotta be. <laughs> that makes me so sad. <laughs> because they would always be playing in the background. Well, since 2015, anyway, like at home, at like, Christmas I thought... time. Have... We they play a lot of Christmas Aww. music at Christmas time. I thought this song was all right. Like, this is more... Out of the two acapella ones, this is the one I like better because they got rid of the... For the most part, the vocal uh, instruments. Like, the beatboxing Mm -hmm. is very minimal. And they stuck with the hand snapping and stuff. And I was like, that's way better. I feel like that's way more, like... Yeah, rustic, that's like, earthy. That's that's better yeah. for this song. Yeah, but... it's like the improvised percussion thing, but you're just yeah. using your body instead. And um, and I agree because as I mentioned in the in the the Hangovers one, like I didn't really like the bass line they did. They still mm-hmm. have that. I still don't really like it, but yeah, there's mm-hmm. other percussion that is. Yeah, but there that. is less of it. <laughs> uh, but that's like really the thing about this like version in this video is that they have this whole like clapping snapping thing. And if you yeah. go on YouTube, there's, like, a tutorial of, like, how they did how it. How to do the like, choreography. Uh, yeah, it shows up near the, the end. snap choreography. So that's all available, if that's what Having you're Having done this kind of choreography in a high school musical theater class, it just, it gives me, like, post-traumatic stress. <laughs> <laughs> I think that type of thing is popular with people, though. So that might be partially why this got as popular. I think it's because there's rhythm everywhere. <laughs> That's oh, my okay. guess. Ju- All right. It just is like you look at these fucking people singing it if you watch the music video and they just see I don't know, they seem like corporate shills to me. They come out into the fucking woods and instead of finding like a log they can all sit on and be like we're we're in fucking nature. They bring out four goddamn stools. <laughs> well, it is like weirdly clean. Uh, even like yeah. the vocals are very clean. The presentation of it is incredibly clean. All of the more rustic and earthy elements that make the original song so great are kind of just used as aesthetic 
backdrop almost literally in this place. Like, I, that could be green screen. Are they actually even there? It looks like yeah. they probably are. Yeah, just given the angle. I feel like it would just be more difficult to, like, shots. to, like, so, like, go to a studio yeah. and, like, and, like, put, put, uh, Wood but this is like a hundred percent. And again, I keep talking about the the cover art to this album, where he <laughs> says, uh, or Robin says, if you look at it, your first impression is wrong. It this is the version where you look at the first impression, you're like, we're gonna do that song, this hey. charming little country piece. Yeah, oh, makes me sad. Because uh, otherwise, yeah, like it's an outright like... song, uh, and they're again, they're quite talented voice wise. I like the. The hand instruments, but mm-hmm. I do think it is it is a little too clean. I'm so picky. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I I feel you 100. percent It needs some kind of when we talk about simpler songs on this podcast, which this one is. Yeah, we we get so much more to a discussion of like the human element of music and what makes a song compelling. Because I keep thinking about Daniel Johnston when we talk about this song and his right. song "True Love Will Finds You" in the end. And that song is so simplistic and almost childlike, but the way he, like, everything about how he produced it, down to the recording, to how he plays, to how he sings, is so integral to what makes that song compelling. And then when you look at other versions, they can only ever seem to grasp some elements of what makes that song good. And that's what we're coming up against here. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I feel like Fleet Foxes is, in general, difficult to cover. Mm-hmm. Because I even with... I, I, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I think, like, no, with even... No, you go ahead. Sorry. Okay. I think with, like, uh, a lot of their songs, they give off an impression of being very simple, but they're not, if you actually listen closely. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, well, the one that comes to mind for me immediately is um, uh, Mayor Kstapa, where... They actually did some tricks to try and make it so that when you're listening to it, you can't necessarily pick out all of the instruments. Like, mm. but it still all sounds like it's very natural. Like that, but you can't pick out the instruments. I feel like there is a lot of complexity that's there that is um, easy to miss. Yeah, which I feel like is what's happening with these covers. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Gotta throw in some choreography. Uh, Here's another thing about the choreography to change the subject completely. Sorry, did you have something to say about that? I don't don't want to derail the conversation. (laughs) No, I was going to throw to you, so if you have nothing to say about that, move us forward. Just choreography, man. Okay. I mean, obviously, they're not recording and doing the choreography at the same time, but I wonder if when they perform this live, they still do that? Because, like, can you sing an even tone while hitting your chest? I can't. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's difficult. That's all I'm saying. I was following the. I was following the. You get some of that. That's difficult, right? So, like, I wonder if they do that or not. Maybe they slap their legs or something instead. Maybe. But anyway, that's all. I was curious. Yeah, it's. uh, It reminded me also of that episode, the season three of Community, where they do that episode ripping on Glee. And how yeah. everybody becomes these weird, like, glee zombies. And that's what this feels like. They feel soulless, but capable of performing technical musical feats. It's always a little weird mm. when they're all just, like, staring forward and singing. 
Yeah. Because they're kind of staring like right above the camera. Not so it really doesn't mm-hmm. look like they're looking at you. Moving. It's it's very strange. Yeah, it's when when claymation versions of people seem more human than human versions of people, <laughs> yeah. there's a problem. Oh no. Uh with that, we're gonna talk about a, a family band, the Gardiner Sisters. I was following the pack, all swallowed in the coats with scarves of red tied round their throats to keep their little heads from falling in the snow. And I turn round and there you go. And- From the year 2014. Is that how you say it? Gardiner? I just said Gardiner. Is Gardiner or Gardiner? I, right. I often overpronounce things because I am a dumbass. Gardiner. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> so they're a family music group from Concord, North Carolina. They uh, definitely have a self-edited Wikipedia page. They say that the sisters have over 80 million views on YouTube and are one of the most popular independent music artists on Spotify with over 120 million plays. There are six sisters. There is Haley, Allie, Mandy, Lindsay, Abby, and Lucy Gardner. And, uh, but Allie no longer performs with them as she does a makeup tutorial YouTube channel now. I'm surprised you can't do both, but whatever. <laughs> I know, right? It's just like, you know, I've read like musician biographies and like the David Bowie one springs to mind where they talk about the guitarist is Mick Ronson, right? Yeah. Who like leaves the band at one point to go pursue like a regular career. And when you read it, there's this, like, huge gap you can feel between these two worlds, being a performer and being, like, I think he goes to be an engineer or something. And Dave Bowie comes to him at one point. He's like, you got to come play music with me. I got a new, like, album I'm working on. You have to come back, Mick. And it feels like this huge moment. And then reading this Wikipedia entry, it's like, no, she doesn't do that anymore. She does makeup tutorials. Like, what the fuck is that? So, like, they probably. the lowest stakes on the planet. (laughs) So they're like all still living together. You could just be like, "Hey, we need you for a thing," and then she. Yeah, yeah. it's just like there's no. I don't know. It's just me complaining. It's there's no real. There's nothing here. There's no real statement. It's just like, wow. (laughs) It just just it's very different. What the fuck ever. Yeah, it's just very. But like they kind of say it in the same way. It's like she had to drop out to like pursue a career in like being a a makeup tutorial video creator. Yeah, tutorialist like it. Um. But yeah, these they're all sisters, as mentioned, and one of the members is like eleven, like they yeah, they span that's a range. Lucy, I believe, yeah. So yeah, because their parents fuck, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's I mean, what else is there to do in North Carolina? I don't know. I've never I been su- there, but I um, suppose so. They must be Christian. Well, yeah. Uh, according uh, supposedly, they got their experience singing in church. Uh, so that's where that they sense. started singing. Okay. Um, allegedly, they have dual citizenship for the United States and Canada. I don't know why, but supposedly they do. Neat. Don't know what. Um, like, yes. So yeah. they won the the Mount Pleasant's Got Talent singing competition on July fourth, two thousand six. Yeah, I live next and to then, Mount Pleasant. Yeah, and then three years later, they started posting YouTube videos. This is a lot of background information for a version that's. Basically, acapella with an acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah, there's not much yeah, going was, on in it. I was trying to, like, delay because I don't have much to say about this. <laughs> <sighs> they they do yeah. that sort of over-singing on the ooze, I find. Yep. Do you it up? It's the Diva moment, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is and they, you said yeah. acapella, but I feel like this is a slow acoustic version, but it's already a slow acoustic song, so they couldn't change it much. Right. Yeah. They do a good job at the intro with the layering in singers. I think that works well. They do it in about three phases. Well, I mean, they have beautiful vocals and they layer them well. And minimal instruments. Outside from that, it's just another kind of boring one. But is it enough? They yeah, it's, like, nobody really went brave with this version. We need the punk rock anthem version of this or something. Yeah, like I feel like the ones that went the most out there were... That. Sorry. It was the acapella mm-hmm. one. Like, that's it. That's yeah. the most extreme we went out. That's true. Yeah, we need a punk rock anthem version of this one that does a fucking cannon. Exactly. And, and has a cannon, a, like an actual like, explosion. Like an, yeah, like an actual explosion. We need like the operatic, like death metal version, you know? There's Slow and something. heavy. I, I need Leo to cover this. Has Leo not covered this? <laughs> Surprisingly, no. Does Leo I, cover everything? I guess. He covers a lot. He is prolific. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, Leo, where are you when we need you? Let's talk about Bernard DeBicki in 2017. Yeah, let So, is this the same song? <laughs> was my yes. Feel. It's... It's there. He just plays it so slowly. I could like so barely. Slowly. I was trying to figure out how to speed up playback on on Spotify, and I couldn't figure it no, out. No, no, no. You have to. This is one that you slap on with some rain sounds and just go to bed. Some, yeah. Some headphones. This, this is what they call they call the acoustic chop and screw. <laughs> acoustic chop and screw. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a it's, good genre. It's like a, yeah, yeah. Listening to it, you're like what where did the song go <laughs> yeah i was like trying to pick out pieces and like it kind of vaguely sounds like the same mood but i'm really having trouble like picking out so melody. i can tell you this the first like minute and 30 seconds is literally just the i was following the i was following the eye. it's just that they oh. managed to stretch out the song to three minutes and 30 seconds <laughs> yeah exactly and that's because the intro is a minute and a half of that so who who is this guy? This Bernard Bernard Debicki. He's a pianist with three songs on Spotify. Okay, one Couldn't of them find is anything Wrecking on this Ball. Guy. I listened to it. It's Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. It is not Wrecking Ball by Bruce Springsteen. Okay. In case you were wondering. Okay, but what's the one we're listening to? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> it just sounds like piano notes. <laughs> it's very pretty. Yeah, uh, the piano notes sound fine. But you you do have to really strain to even hear the original song in it. Yeah, it goes so slow that there's two notes that again sound like Daniel Johnston's "True Love Will Find You" in the end. <laughs> so I found myself like starting to sing that, and I was like, "Wait a second, what the fuck?" True love will find you in the end. Yeah, it fits. Yeah, so what I've done is on the YouTube video, Alex, you can actually change the speed to... to oh, uh, shit, YouTube pl- video. Playback, yeah, Good playback call. at twice the speed. Nah, I'm a Spotify guy. And it, Yeah, me too, <laughs> through and through, but... 
So this one, I, when you put it at two times speed, you actually get to pick it up a little more. Wrecking it's ball. if like if the original is the so version of if I type like in, running out into the woods. Go ahead, yeah. If I type in Bernard Dubicki, if the recommendations are both the songs that aren't this. <laughs> we're we're to discuss Bernard Dubicki's least popular cover. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I just put it on two speed, and there it is. There's the song. Yeah, it's like it's like hidden. And it's like if the oh, original shit, is, you know, now. yeah, you're right, crazy, oh, right? If you go, like, if the original is going out into the woods with your friends, this is like staying indoors in the winter with the heavy snow. Like, it's this is the nighttime version, whereas the original is the daytime version. There's such a vast difference, just given that that speed, it completely changes the song yeah. to the point where it doesn't sound like itself at all. <laughs> this is like in like video games where you're like, and they just slowed the song down for the night theme. Like, yeah. Or like, if you play it backwards, it's this song. Oh, <gasps> it is very much a video game soundtrack trick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, I support it more now because of that. <laughs> because of that. Cause now I actually yeah. believe it's the same song. And it's like it's a change up. It, it makes you like, oh, what the fuck? Like, where's the song? Like, you had to work for it a little bit. That was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it took me until now. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So not traditionally the reasons you might like a cover version, but hey, it's doing something different from the other ones. Which is a lot. Says a lot in this particular episode. Yeah. With that, let's move into our final version, which is Alexander Armstrong in 2017. I was following the pack, all swallowed in their coats, with scarves of red tied round their throats, to keep their little heads from falling in the snow, and I... And he is a English actor, television and radio presenter, and bass baritone singer, best known as one half of the comedy duo Armstrong and Miller, and as host of the BBC TV game show Pointless. Have either of you heard about this this guy? No. No. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with him, but supposedly he like just did a bunch of other stuff, and then one day like released an album, and everyone's like, "Oh, he can sing, cool." This is yeah. like this is like operatic. This this was the yes. only one where I. I made the connection, the obvious connection about it being a Christmas thing. And I was like, you're trying to make this a Christmas thing? Why are you? Why? Yeah, this is also a Christmas album called In a Winter Light. Mm. <coughs> yeah, just that operatic singing really does bring you into Christmas, hey? It's following the well, they, they definitely following the eye. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a lot more Christmas type instruments being used in this one. Well, it's interesting because it's really just a, a like sustained notes on I want to say a violin or a violin synth. Yeah, there's some strings there, and, and then, then that horn that comes in for the instrumental section. Mm-hmm. Right, it it takes the guitar part and puts it on a horn, right? Yeah, it's um, either Christmas or a funeral. Yeah, <laughs> little little funeral. I've never had live music at a funeral. I'll tell you that. Although I did go to a funeral Not- one time where they just played a lot of um, Johnny Cash. That was pretty cool. Mm. Um, but maybe I should have brought it my trumpet. My trumpet? My trumpet. I don't know how to play it, but I could have brought it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the uh, opera version. I'll give him uh, points for uh, actually going out there. Like, 
in comparison to the rest of them, like, this is very different, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna be real with you, this one makes me so uneasy. <laughs> there is just something ominous about that opening chord that just does not drop for the whole thing, you're just waiting for it to build up to something, you're like, what is... Right, what it just keeps that, under- like, even, like, pedal tone throughout <gasps> the entire thing. It's- mm-hmm. And there's an underlying <laughs> bass that does, so there's the high violin, and there's this underlying thrum of bass. It's ominous! never reaches... Yeah, it's like playing, again, talking about video game music, it's like Majora's Mask. <laughs> When you're in town and you can hear the like the death music and it gets louder the closer you get to day three. That's what I, I just feel like it's ready to break into something and it doesn't and I'm just like Yeah. <gasps> Maybe it's the next song on the album, which is Oh fuck, I can't find it. here it is. The Christmas song. Brackets chestnuts roasting on an open fire. In the summertime. Yeah. Uh, That's I the don't one. Know. And then, like, the rest of the instrumentation, I it really, it feels more like, all right, we're really going to try and make this into a Christmas song. We're going to do it, you guys. We're I short of did it. <laughs> bells. I don't know, man. It feels forced to me, but I, <laughs> I've i listened to the, the, the original so many times. Like, of course it's going <laughs> to sound forced to me. <laughs> Yeah, well, at least he does us the the courtesy of making this the shortest version at one minute That's and true. seconds. He sk- skips out on one of the repetitions of the chorus. He didn't know what to do with that build up three. either. Yeah, yeah, whatever he was gonna do got cut out in that third repetition. They were like, "No, this is terrible. Just do two. No one will notice. It's less than two minutes." This is a punk. This is your punk rock anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Under two minutes, baby. Yeah. Oh boy. All right, with that, we're going to move into our <laughs> final verdict. Today we have three categories, although I can I can see where some people are going to go for the third one already. We have worst version of the song, best version, and most Christmassy sounding version. Most Christmassy sounding version. Okay. Now, okay. Griffin, you are our guest today, so we're going to have you lead us in. What's the worst version of this song? Oh, the worst one. I... Mm, I'm, I'm going to say it's the the one by The Hangovers. Just because I I couldn't handle listening to that one very much. Yeah, that's fair. Or it's this one. To be honest, the Alexander Armstrong one, (laughs) I really, really can't listen to it. (laughs) I honestly didn't mind it that much. It makes me so tense. I don't like it. It's nothing against him personally. I just... (laughs) It's too tense. Alright, it's gonna have to be that one. That's the only one that, like visibly makes me uncomfortable okay <laughs> all right alex what is your worst version of this i'm having trouble picking a worst version because like i didn't think anyone in this like really brought their a game and like made it something special in any mm-hmm. of these versions like it's all so samey and sim like but what is the best cover Oh, we're doing the worst ones first, aren't we? Oh, what is the worst one? I mean, it's yeah, the same for one. both. Same same spiel for both, really. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, tough. I think I've got my best one in mind. I'm struggling with the worst, though. Yeah, my worst? I would think you would go for the acapella ones, Jake. You hate acapella. I know, but who There's do, more I than do I pick one? the hangovers? for being just bad or do i pick the pentatonics because i hate them on a deeper level <laughs> <laughs> you're just making it personal man 
but it's so bad. It's like like the hangovers I will forget about is the thing. Whereas I will always know that the Pentatonix version on YouTube is more popular than the original yeah. version, and that is an injustice. Oh, Pent- that is wrong. <laughs> Pent- did you know there's a so I think you answered thing? your own question then. That must not be <laughs> yeah, Pentatonix is the worst version of this. Hmm. It's it's corporate, and I and me, I'm the punk rock anthem of this version. <laughs> and that I won't be following the, I won't be following these fuckers because it's soulless. Uh, it's got this bullshit hand clap routine people want to know. And it's just auto-tuned to shit. I hate it. I dislike what the pentatonics stand for, which is just this clean-ass fucking music. And it lacks heart. I can agree with Alex. that. What's the worst version of this? I agree with that entirely, but I'm having still having a ton of trouble deciding which I actually like the least. Should I? I can throw in some parts from other famous speeches if that'll help you come to my side. <laughs> from other famous speeches, like we shall fight over the seas and the oceans. We will never we surrender. Shall defend this song, whatever the cost may be. We'll never surrender. You know, I'm gonna give it to Pentatonics too, just because I don't know. I I. I'm having trouble just bringing anyone out of this pack here. It's I'm I didn't even like it that much less than anything else, quite frankly. <laughs> I don't know, so I'll, I'll give it to them. But it's a bit of a cop out, I'll admit. Fair enough, Griffin. What is the best version of this? So best version overall or best cover? Well, obviously the best version is the yeah, original. Let's do best cover. <laughs> All right, because otherwise so I'm just going to say... to highlight a cover. All right, if I have to highlight one, I'm going to say... Uh, oh, how do you say her name? Uh, Kina Granis? Yeah. I think of all the ones we heard, that one even um, with its more uh, rough editing and, and recording and everything, it was and the impromptu uh, instruments, <laughs> I think it was just the best in spirit with the original so yeah it really, yeah. It really yeah. did the most to like evoke that same feeling mm-hmm. on an possibly even more organic level yeah than the original just because it is legitimately like old-fashioned kind of yeah there is you know? so almost a meta-narrative to the the playing of the song yeah. right yeah, I agree 100%. I think that is the best version of this, though I will throw an honorable mention to Bernard DeBicke just for being different from everybody else. True, that is fair. Yeah. True that. That's that's who I'm going to pick for my number one. I'm going to pick Bern, Bernard, Bernard, whatever. Just Bernard. because I now realize it is actually the, the right song. <laughs> <laughs> and he can keep that tempo. That's impressive. Without it really yeah. sounding right. Yeah. So that's the be- best ones. We're going to move into our final category. What's the most Christmassy version of this, Griffin? Although I already know your answer. <laughs> Alexander Armstrong. <laughs> yes, that's right. The one that terrifies me. Yeah, that's the one. Well, just like Christmas does. So, you know, that's, that's on point. Oh, that's fair. Father Christmas. <laughs> Alex, most Christmassy, most Christmassy version. And why? I'm actually going to give it to the original. Um, how dare you <laughs> i was talking about like all the different elements that make it feel christmasy throughout the episode mostly at the beginning um like the it obviously it they're all they all have the repetition but i feel like it has that sort of like 
flighty nostalgia feeling to it that really makes it feel like cold and warm at the same time. It's really a song of like contrast. There's white and red. It it feels like winter, which is cold and warm because of the warm clothes, I guess. And it feels like a throwback while being somewhat modern and, mm-hmm. and nostalgic. So that's, that's, that's Christmas yeah. to me, baby. That's the baby. name of uh, I'm pretty sure Pentatonics is their song. Is that what it, that's Christmas to me? That's their song. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I will say that the original is almost like a pagan Christmas tune, you know? Yeah, and obviously there's the claymation from the video. Yeah. So a little Christmassy. I will exactly. never agree. For, but <laughs> you will never agree. Fair enough. No. With, uh, for me, I'm going to go with Kim Wilde featuring Marty Wilde and the Wilde family, because <laughs> that's what Christmas is, is getting together with your family to phone in a fake experience and then <laughs> sell that to people you know. Oh, Jake, that's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but they sing, burn gold, Aww. brackets, silent night. What does that mean? I don't know, Alex. I don't know what that means. All I know is that those people in that room do not look like they want to be doing that. But they're doing it. They're all sitting on the couch together. They knock out the performance of what might be a Christmas song. You know, it's like when the family's like, we got to do something for different for Christmas this year. And they're like, well, we'll do that song we sing every year, but it'll be a different song. Let's watch time. Die Hard instead of The Grinch. Yeah, exactly. Like, die Hard's a Christmas movie. No one wants to watch Die Hard. Stop suggesting this every year. <laughs> Yeah, fine. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's going to be at least one person. Yeah, it's, that's true quotes from Christmas conversations we've had. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all watched fucking Gremlins instead. Did we do that one year? Yeah, I watched Die Hard in the basement with my then-girlfriend. Uh, okay. And y'all on the main floor watched Gremlins. Because that's... Okay. All right. yeah that's the christmas experience for me kim wilde that's been our main segment if you agree with us disagree with us or want to talk about a version we didn't talk about on the show then hit us up the hashtag cover me pod on twitter at jake the cressy that's j-a-k-e-t-h-e-c-r-e-s-s-y or at some alex wise guy that's s-o-m-e-a-l-e-x-w-i-s-e-g-u-y or it's at Griffin North, right? You're on Twitter. I am on Twitter, but I don't know why they would tweet things to me for this. Well, I don't know why they would tweet things to me either. It's true, I was on the episode. Uh, welcome Twisters to the episode. Don't. This is the business. This is what you got involved in. Don't worry, nobody ever talks to us, so you'll never have to communicate. Oh, good, because I'm bad at that. Good, yeah, join the club. <laughs> um, oh, it's actually, um, well, Griffin North is the name, but it's at Soul Breather. Ah, at Soul Breather. Because S-O-U-L. this is an old Twitter. That's right, and that's S-O-U-L Soul Breather, not S-O-L-E Soul Breather. Yeah, that's not not for shoes, but for what's in your body, presumably. <laughs> yeah, for, for that inescapable life essence. Because, um, you know, sometimes you make mistakes when you're a teenager and think names are cool. Yeah, you just lock them down. Names are cool. <laughs> hmm I'm like, names Soul Breather cool sounds awesome! And then, now I'm filled with regrets, but this is my life now, so exactly that's all of our lives <laughs> yes i think with that we're gonna move into our bonus segment which is loosely related to the the song today what's a song you like to listen to around christmas time that isn't necessarily a christmas song oh man 
now I have to holiday think of this. Times. So last week you asked yes. me for a a fucking war song that I like to listen to. And yes. I had literally been listening to The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down all week because it was stuck oh, in my head. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know a war song. Do I listen to war songs? Maybe. I don't know. So fucking this is... I won't remember the song until after this is what I'm saying. Right. Even sure. if we stall for like twelve minutes. Stall for twelve minutes, go. Okay, I'll do that. I'll fill in by saying I think Pink Floyd has a lot of good good music for the wintertime. I have memories of listening to Dark Side of the Moon in a car in in, in the dark with, with a bunch of snow around, and that's that, that screams winter to me. Is is late nights with with psychedelic rock. Cool. Cool. I actually do How's have that one. make you feel? I actually do have one. This is probably the best one for me. Um Ian Anderson has a song I've talked about it before called Rupees Dance. And for some reason, mm. I so associate it so strongly with Christmas, and I have ever since probably like high school. Mm. I don't know. It just feels Chris- like wintry, and I that's when Christmas is. I don't know if you noticed. I did notice, Alex. Yeah. Um, this is a hard question for me because I don't usually have like music that I specifically listen to in winter. Mm. Uh, there is like CDs that I would get on like Christmas Day, and then that would be what I would listen to forever. I think, um, if I had to choose one, I guess I would say, uh, just like anything by Purity Ring. Hmm. Because like I've never heard of that. I went and saw them live in December, and okay. uh, <laughs> their live show is quite fantastic. If you ever get to see it, um. It meant a lot to me at the time. And, uh, yeah, I listened to them quite a lot during that winter, so I guess I associate them with winter for some reason. Yeah, that's fair. I also associate the song Speed of Flow, which is one of the the closing credits songs from the anime Gintama with winter, because I watched a lot of Gintama one winter, and that was the closing credits song Mm -hmm. at the time I was watching it. So there's another one for you. There you go. Uh, Alex, anything else before we close it out? What? Um, nope. That's all for no? me. No? Okay, if you've got a, a Christmas Not Christmas song you want to hit us with, hashtag Christmas Not Christmas on Twitter, or y'all can email us for, with your questions, comments, concerns, recommendations for future episodes at covermepod at gmail.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-M-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to rate us, review us, subscribe to us. We're on iTunes. Uh, sorry, it's Apple Podcasts now. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Podbean, whatever podcasting app you like. We're probably on there. We're not on SoundCloud, I don't think, but what are you doing listening to podcasts on SoundCloud anyway? Can you even do that? I mean, I guess you can upload sounds. Yeah, you can That's do that. That's making. how I used to listen to podcasts way, way back in the day. SoundCloud, actually. Yeah, I was a fucking it? freak. Yeah. Griffin, real quick, where can people follow you and your works? <laughs> uh, you can find my works right now. You can go to torahsteels.tumblr.com. I also have a side blog, Griffin Blogs GuildWars2.tumblr.com. You can find me on Twitter at SoulBreather, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, and you can go to my Patreon, which uh, 
is, I believe it is just Patreon slash Griffin North. Or you can just go to TaurusDealsThings.com and you can find links in there as well. There you have it, folks. That's been the episode. And as we always say on Cover Me, I was following the Cover Me podcast. <laughs> <laughs>